Good afternoon. Welcome to another episode of Logan's Devotions. It's great to be together. Wonderful to open up God's Word for another day and see what he has to say. We're turning through to Luke chapter 8 and picking up at verse 26. But before I read our passage, let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for your word, which is rich and true. We do pray that you would encourage our hearts and help us to behold Christ in his glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Then they sailed to the country of the Gerasenes, which is opposite Galilee. When Jesus had stopped out on land, there met him a man from the city who had demons. For a long time he had worn no clothes, and he had not lived in a house, but among the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him and said with a loud voice, What have you to do with me, Jesus? Son of the Most High God, I beg you, do not torment me. For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For many a time it had seized him. He was kept under guard and bound with chains and shackles, but he would break the bonds and be driven by the demon into the desert. Jesus then asked him, What is your name? And he said, Legion, for many demons had entered him. And they begged him not to command them to depart into the abyss. Now a large herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside, and they begged him to let them enter these. So they gave them permission. So he gave them permission. Then the demons came out of the man and entered the pigs, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and drowned. When the herdsmen saw what had happened, they fled and told it in the city and in the country. Then people went out to see what had happened, and they came to Jesus and found the man from whom the demons had gone, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. And those who had seen it told them how the demon-possessed man had been healed. Then all the people of the surrounding country of the Gerasenes asked him to depart from them for they were seized with great fear. So he got into the boat and returned. The man from whom the demons had gone begged that he might be with him. But Jesus sent him away, saying, Return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. And he went away, proclaiming throughout the whole city how much Jesus had done for him. Well, in 1 John 3, 8, John writes that the Son of Man came for this reason, to defeat or destroy the works of the devil. That's what we celebrate at Christmas, that the Son of Man came to destroy the works of the devil. And this story here has got to be one of the finest examples of that in the life of Jesus. It fits really beautifully with what we've been seeing in Luke chapter 8. No surprises there. And it helps us to see the glory of the, the devil's work destroyer. And so let me show you three things that we see about Jesus' work as the destroyer of the work of the devil. It gets a bit clumsy. Uh, and then two things that come out of that. So firstly, notice that Jesus, as the one who came to destroy the works of the devil, makes well... 
someone that no one else could help. It's a striking picture, isn't it? This man bound up with evil spirits, uh, shackles upon his wrists, naked, living in the wilderness. He's just a sorry, sad picture of someone that had been abused and mistreated and tortured by the devil. Other people had tried to help. Well, if you can call it help. For Luke tells us that he was kept under guard and bound with chains and shackles, but he would break, break the bonds and be driven by the demon into the desert. The reality is there's no one that can help this man. No one's been able to help this man. There's nothing they can do. But Jesus comes and sets this man free because he came to destroy the works of the devil. We, we see the same thing. We see the power of Jesus as the destroyer of the works of the devil in the fact that he commands evil spirits and they obey him. It's striking, isn't it? That he says, what is your name? And they just answer him, legion. They beg him not to command him. They beg him not to command them into the abyss. Why? Because they know that if he commands them into the abyss, they go in the abyss. The, the evil spirits obey the voice of Jesus Christ. But one more thing. Notice this weird incident with the pigs. What's going on here? Why is it that Jesus allows these evil spirits, this legion, to descend into these pigs and then kill them all off? Well, I think there's a couple of things here, but let me just point out to you one really, really important thing. And that is that you could imagine for this man having the evil spirits taken out of him, that there may have been fear that one day the evil spirits would come back again, right? You've lived with them your whole life, or as long as we know, and all of a sudden they're gone. Well, what if they come back? In doing this, Jesus actually shows this man that the work of the devil in his life is over for good. It's completely done away with. They can never come back because they're dead. Whereas if he had just sent them to the abyss, they would be gone and the man may be left in doubt and wonder. But here now, the man is set free forever. Never to be harassed by this legion again. So we see Jesus as the destroyer of the works of the devil but notice two things that come out of this, two responses to the work of Jesus Christ that fit beautifully into what we've been thinking about. We've been thinking about the purpose of the parables, haven't we? And the way that the work and the preaching of Jesus generates a bunch of different responses. And we see the same thing here. It's abundantly clear to us who are believers what's going on in life and the work of Jesus in this passage, right? And we just want to rejoice and we want to talk about it and we want to worship him for it and it's amazing. But notice what the crowd does. The people of the city come out, we're told. They come out to see Jesus. They see the man in his right mind and they're afraid. So what do they do? They ask him to leave because they're seized with fear. Now, you and I look at that and we think, are these people insane, right? What's going on? Well, it's the reality of those three soils that don't bear fruit, right? Jesus has done this amazing miracle, but the crowds refuse to believe and come to him and bear fruit. But there's one man that does, right? 
The man from whom the demons had gone begged that he might be with him. Please, Jesus, this is all I ask, that I might dwell in the house of the Lord forever, that I might dwell with the Son forever. This is eternal life. To know me, Jesus said, and this man wants it. But what does Jesus do? Jesus says, no, return to your home. Declare how much God has done for you. And he went away, proclaiming throughout the whole city how much Jesus had done for them. And what's really striking about this is they reckon, historians think, that the particular area he was in was an area where the gospel spread very quickly after the ascension of Christ and the apostles at the day of Pentecost. And when the gospel went up into that region, it gained lots of traction. Why? Because this man had borne fruit a hundredfold. So Jesus said to him, go on your way. And he said, okay. He believed. He accepted the seed. And then he went out and lived. May we be like him. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you for your love. Thank you that Jesus Christ came to destroy the works of the devil. And we pray that because we have been set free, we would live for him. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.